Bit of a news dump in the COVID-19 world here today as our provincial health officials announced some changes to restaurants. We got changes to religious gatherings being walked back almost as soon as they were announced last week. To talk a little bit more about all of this, please to welcome to the program political journalist for Global TV, Keith Baldry. Keith, how are you this afternoon? Great to be here, Jeff. Well, thanks for uh, taking the time. Always appreciate you coming on the show. Anything out of today's newser that was at all surprising? I feel like we have been kind of leading up to these announcements for the last couple of weeks as we saw case mm -hmm. counts go up. Well, I guess one thing that came as a surprise, even though it was announced earlier outside the news conference, was the sudden suspension of the AstraZeneca vaccine for, for at least a, a short term as they investigate more um, unintended consequences from the vaccine. So that was unanticipated going into the news conference. Uh, that was certainly dealt with at the news conference. In terms of measures, not particularly surprising that we saw the uh, restaurant ban, we saw that last April, so we're just going back to that. Yeah. You mentioned the in-person religious uh, activities now being banned, and you're right, it came, that was, came right after uh, it being given the green light. But, you know, tracking the cases was interesting. Last week, every day got worse than the day before mm -hmm. in terms of numbers, and so this was headed to an obvious conclusion, particularly when we ended the week with 936 cases uh, on Saturday, and it was sort of a no-brainer that we were going to see more restrictions. I have to say, I, I sort of forgot about Whistler Blackcomb because we sort of think the season's almost over there. Yeah. But the reason the numbers have been tracking so high in the Vancouver Coastal Health Authority now turns out to be people from Whistler, or people who went to Whistler, got the virus and came back into communities in Vancouver and, and you know, Richmond, North Vancouver. That's why the numbers started to spike there, and that's why Whistler Blackcomb, which I think did catch people by surprise, is now closed for three weeks. Um, one of the things that I kind of took note at heading into the newser at 1 o'clock was Premier John Horgan was going to be a part of it. And typically when we see Premier Horgan get up in front of the microphone and take the podium, he often is there to talk about good news. And he even acknowledged as much that typically when he's out there speaking to the masses that he's trying to be positive and optimistic. But today almost felt like the opposite of that. Were you just surprised at all like I kind of was to see Premier Horgan in front of the microphone delivering some negative news here today? Yeah, he was almost, well, he was, it was his premier dad uh, shtick, yeah, <laughs> where yeah. he lectured people between the ages of 20 and 40 who were getting this virus by a disproportionately high number of cases. It, it falls into that, the, that age group, much more than any other age group, and they're the ones who are socializing the most, and they're the ones who are partying the most, and they're the ones who are spreading the virus the most. So he was pretty finger-wagging at that group today, saying, don't wreck it for everyone else. Um, you're right. When we got the news that, first of all, the briefing had been moved from three to one and that the premier was going to be there, it became pretty obvious to those of us who basically cover these things every day that something was up, yeah. that something was coming here. The restrictions started to circulate, rumors of restaurants closing, this type of thing sort of dominated the morning. Then it culminated in, I think, a little wider uh, set of measures than perhaps people anticipated. But really, if you go back to last April, it's almost where we were at last April, uh, yeah. where we did have limited service in restaurants. We closed um, gym classes, for example. Uh, we we uh, eventually did shut down in-person religious services. So we're, we're back to where we were a year ago in the hopes that we can contain not only COVID-19, but what's even more worrisome is the variants of concern, the UK variant and uh, B117 and the B1351 which is South Africa and is less prevalent, but the real worrisome one is the P1 or the Brazilian variant, which is growing in numbers quite rapidly. And that is the one that may not be the most... Um 
defenseless against vaccines, and that's the one that has a high, pretty severe mortality rate and hospitalization rate in, in certain areas of the world. Absolutely. Uh, it is does feel a little bit like deja vu here, almost you know, winding the clock back a full year, and that's mm-hmm. kind of where we're at now uh, in 2021 as we head into April. Uh, were you at all surprised by the three-week timeline? We've typically seen these sort of um, the, these restrictions, whenever they're put in place, they're sort of reviewed on either like a two-week or a four-week schedule because we're looking at the, the cycle, right, of the vaccine kind of go, or the virus, mm-hmm. excuse me, at two-week cycles. And just the fact that Dr. Henry came out and said this is going to be reviewed in three weeks, I found a little bit peculiar because we don't typically deal with this in, in you know, three-week in- increments. Yeah, no, that's a good point. That certainly struck me as well. Is that it's usually two weeks or four weeks, which is, you know, two weeks is one incubation period. Two, uh, four weeks is two incubation periods. This one lands right in the middle. Now, it can always be extended, mm-hmm. remember. So I think she wants to look at the case data uh, as it's collected for three weeks and make the call halfway through the second incubation period whether or not it's safe uh, to relax the restrictions. She puts a lot of faith, I think, in the season, the seasonal weather, that if people are stopping their gatherings in indoor locations, and that's, that will reduce the likelihood of the virus being transmitted. I think she's hoping a lot that by basically keeping people out of restaurants, out of gyms, out of churches, that there, that's fewer places to gather on an indoor basis and requiring everyone to wear a mask in schools. Uh, and then the combination of good weather where there's more and more activities outdoors and indoors, you put all that together and she's hoping that the numbers decline dramatically as a decline as dramatic as the increase we've seen the last two weeks. Yeah, well, we're all going to keep our fingers crossed that things do improve in three weeks. April 19th is definitely a date in my calendar, that is for sure. Um, you mentioned it off the top here, Keith, but that was the, the news around AstraZeneca came as a little bit of a surprise here today. Maybe not shocking, but, you know, still wasn't necessarily on the radar until NASI made their little appeal this morning to provinces to maybe mm-hmm. stop giving it to those under age 55 I'm just curious if you, you know, within the global newsroom, if you've received a lot of concerns from people about this AstraZeneca vaccine. I mean, we see the concerns around clotting coming in Europe, and then we get the messaging, oh, no, it's safe, don't worry. I hear doctors say, I would take it, I would encourage my family to take it, you know, no hesitancy whatsoever. But we seem to get a little bit of mixed messaging here. Again, the province coming out and saying, you know, Dr. Henry, I wouldn't be... We shouldn't see any cases of blood clotting from the use of this vaccine in BC or even across all of Canada, and yet we're still getting this advice to stop using it. Are you hearing from any individuals on the ground who are worried about getting this vaccine based on the mixed messaging we seem to be getting? Not yet, but that could come. I mean, I've talked to Health Minister Asian Dix about this a, a couple of times, even when we were getting the, the stories out of Europe of blood clotting, that they, they are worried. Health authorities are always worried in this unprecedented situation that we get an unusual what's called vaccination hesitancy, where people hesitate about getting the shot of vaccines that have never really been uh, invented before until now. And we've seen very little of that with Pfizer and Moderna. But obviously, I think we are going to probably see more hesitancy with AstraZeneca. I think the provinces were quite disappointed with NACI's recommendation, but they weren't going to defy NACI, uh, which is the National Advisory Committee on Immunizations, because they basically run, run the, drive the bus here. But there is hope that this is not going to be for a long time, the suspension, literally two or three days, as it was in Europe. It got back on track. And I suspect as we go 
over time, more and more people will accept AstraZeneca than maybe right now in the, in the first uh, days following the suspension. AstraZeneca, as we speak, Jeff, is still being administered to people in BC. We've got 40, 000, about 33,000 doses uh, that have not been administered. Um, we've done about 35,000 people, but people are being offered the shot who are frontline workers, uh, not frontline healthcare workers, but frontline workers, whether they're teachers or, or other or first responders or such. Some teachers in Surrey today were given the Pfizer vaccine instead of AstraZeneca, but that AstraZeneca is not going to be thrown out. It is going to be administered to people over the age of 55 who want it. Some people may decide to say, you know, I'm going to wait for my age cohort to come along uh, maybe a month from now and get Pfizer or Moderna. But I think there'll be some considerable take-up of AstraZeneca, perhaps not as great a take-up as Pfizer and Moderna, though, given the bad publicity associated with it. Yeah, so you're anticipating that uh, recommendations from NACI might change even later this week. We're not going to be dealing with this recommendation for, for too, too long. I would suspect as much, but we don't know that until yeah. it actually happens. Well, we seem to be following a pattern that uh, sort of evolved in Europe, where there's very little... Um, very little sort of unintended consequences com coming as a result of taking vaccines. We haven't had any in BC uh, of, uh, of that variety of, of clots. We have had 523 negative reactions to various vaccines in BC, but that's out of you know 600 and almost 700,000 doses being administered, which is a very, very small percentage. And keep in mind, people do have adverse reactions to the flu vaccine. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm not surprised that we're seeing a few, um, you know, allergic reactions to this at all. It, it happens, and um, it's a small percentage, so I, I'm not too worried about that. But uh, really appreciate this, Keith, as always. Thank you so much. Lots of great info. Keep up the great work, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll catch up with you again down the road. Okay, always a pleasure. Take care. Awesome stuff. Keith Baldry right there, Global TV re reporter, correspondent, uh, political journalist covering COVID-19 for the past year. I wonder how sick and tired he is of covering those COVID-19 newsers, but he has been the guy over the course of the last now year plus when talking about COVID-19. So always appreciate his insight. He's been paying very close attention to not only what's going on here in BC, but right across Canada and right across the world. So I uh, always love getting Keith on to uh, pick his brain a little bit about what is going on.